Hey, it's Jill from the Unveiling Paradise podcast. Tessa and I were talking the other day and we realized it's that time of the year again, engagement season, which means a lot of you guys are just getting started planning your perfect destination wedding. We want to help you guys. We've put together our top three must listen to first episodes. So if you're just new to our show, this is what we want you guys to start with. Episode 16, you're engaged. Now what? Episode nine, creating your perfect wedding budget. And episode 11, things wedding coordinators wish you knew before you started. If you're planning your wedding here in Hawaii, hit us up. Mention our show to learn more about our Unveiling Paradise podcast promo. Happy planning. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hi, Joe. Hello. Are you excited? Today, we are hitting the last episode of season two. Ooh, we did it. I cannot believe we made it through two full seasons and I have not killed you. <laughs> You've tried. <laughs> but failed. But failed. <laughs> <laughs> so today, guys, we want to do something a little different. I'm sure a lot of our loyal listeners have realized that halfway through season one, we sort of gave up on the question and answer segment. <laughs> we just have way too much to share. We can't stop talking. And the episodes got super long. So Joe made the executive decision to cut them at the end. Yep. But we're bringing them back here today. <laughs> so today, what we want to do is go back. We've been getting a ton of questions emailed. People are also sending us DMs on Instagram. So we have so many questions that we've kind of sat on haven't answered, and we want to get through that today. Okay, now for the show today, though, we're both going to take a crack at these questions, right? Yes, and should we vote who has the better answer? No, 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 oh. we don't need to vote. <laughs> oh, okay. Clearly, it's just going to be me. And I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm not going to be hurt. Here's what I want to do. Okay. I want to make a vow to you today. Okay. I will not have the same answer as you for any of these questions, and in fact... I maybe even will challenge your answers to these questions with my authority. (laughs) I mean, that's not surprising. I feel like you're constantly (laughs) challenging my my answers to everything I say. As long as you do the same for me. Always. I'm not going to agree with you on anything today. That is exactly what I want to (laughs) do. Wait, are you agreeing with me? (laughs) No, I'm not. I mean, that is not what I want to (laughs) do. All right, let's get into it. We have a bunch of questions. Let's get this show started. Let's do it. Welcome to Unveiling Paradise, your go-to destination wedding podcast. I'm Tessa, wedding planner and owner of Fred and Kate Events. And I'm Joe, wedding and adventure photographer of Joseph Esser Photography. We are based in Hawaii, one of the biggest, most popular locations for destination weddings. We want to share our real-life experiences with you give you insight from a professional's perspective, and still make sure you're having fun in the process. We're huge believers in the fact that planning a destination wedding can be one of the most amazing experiences, and we want to bring you along. We're so excited to talk with you about weddings, Hawaii, and everything else under the sun. So pack your bags and let's get started. Okay, so we have long neglected (laughs) all of your questions from season one and season two. And here we go. We're wrapping up season two with our Q&A with Tessa and Joe. Tessa being the one who is not going to be accurate on anything. (laughs) Joe, just listen to what he has to say. Are you getting us confused? No. (laughs) All right. So take notes. On what I say. (laughs) All right. You guys ready? 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. First question for 10 points. Oh my God, it is a game. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, let me read the first question as I'm going to answer it correctly anyway. Probably. <laughs> okay, so this is from one of our brides who messaged us on Instagram. And what she had asked is for flowers, where do you start? What you need to consider? She's wondering, you know, what a nice budget versus a budget budget yeah, <laughs> would sense. look like. Sure. Um, and ways to adjust. Now, keep in mind, we will have a full floral episode in season three. But for now, let's just talk about it. Okay. So why don't we start with you, Joe? Like, what's your thought? <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to get your answer wrong because I'm going to answer this right. Every florist, from my understanding, has a minimum. Right. So if you fall in love with a florist, you better fall in love with their minimum because there is, you know, like I think most florists have uh, like an operating expense cost sure. to just do your wedding. Right. So that's where I would start. What is your what is the minimum budget you're going to need for floral? I'd start with that minimum and figure out what that is. And then I would say if you're talking about the bride's bouquet, the bridesmaid's bouquet, boutonnieres, like what is necessary for your wedding and what is you know, kind of like we talk about like the wants versus the musts. Right. And go from there. Got it. Did you just agree with me? No, so this is what I was going to say. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> okay. I think I got 10 points on that. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so my thought is this, right? When you get started, when you're looking at florals, I think the first thing you want to do is figure out your style. Because it doesn't matter what the minimum is if that florist doesn't fit your style, right? So we're in Hawaii. We have a lot of tropical florals. We have a lot of really bright colors. That's not everyone's vibe. And there are some florists who have very low minimums, but they only do tropicals. So if mm. you don't like that style, it doesn't matter how cheap it is, you're not going to want to work with them. So it really is important first, I think, to figure out what you like. Are you looking for those really, really fluffy, romantic flowers? Are you looking for the very bright, very vibrant tropical flowers? And whatever it is, that's where you should start. And then start piecing together what you need to figure out what your budget would be and what the minimum is that you can fit to work with certain florists. I'm so happy you said that because you just trapped yourself into the Pandora's box. <laughs> no, see, wait, I... hold on, hold on, hold on. We know Tessa hates Pinterest, <laughs> but it sure sounds like she's saying, "Check out Pinterest for your floral inspiration." Or Google, or Google. You don't have to go on Pinterest. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking that. Okay, all right, all right. Well, so ten good points answer. to me. Ten points to. No, I think we're splitting five five. Oh, okay, next question. The next question is about travel agents. I think a lot of couples, when they're doing destination weddings, are trying to figure out how to book rooms, how to, you know, how to manage outside of the wedding. And that's when a lot of times a travel agent comes in. And I think the question that our listener was asking is, do you feel like it's a good idea to meet with them in advance to make sure you're a good fit for each other? The question that she kind of posed was, just like we mentioned previously about wedding planners, meeting them to make sure that they're your vibe, the same should be said for travel agents. I think so. The, I'm sorry. So the question is, do you do you agree or do you think, you know, just booking the travel agent based on their skill makes more sense? Good. OK, I have two friends that are travel agents and I do not understand how they're still in business. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? So they're not your friends. Well, I, I don't see the need in 2023 for a travel agent anymore. I feel like travel agents are obsolete, and I know that they're going to hate me for saying that, but I, I guess when I think of people planning weddings, I don't see the value in having a travel agent other than maybe room blocks. Is this something that you can do yourself? I think you can. Is this something that you need to pay somebody to do? 
I say, and this is going to be good for you, Tessa. Yeah. I say, take that budget, put it in your wedding coordinator's hands. Because <laughs> I think you guys probably do a lot of this too, right? You you guys can help with connecting between the hotel and the couple. So I, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I know you are. You have to. <laughs> I have to. But for good cause. And let me explain. So to your point that, you know, as wedding planners, we can connect them with the hotels. I am very comfortable and, and familiar with a lot of the catering managers. They're not the same people that are doing the room blocks for your guest stay. It's also understanding that if they're getting married somewhere other than a certain hotel, but you want to do a room block at several hotels, they're not going to get those connections. So it's understanding that having that travel agent, similar to your wedding planner, is they have connections at multiple hotels. They get additional discounts. They often will help you with also those other smaller events beforehand. If you want to do a catamaran boat activity, or if you want to do a a guided hike somewhere, those travel agents are the ones that can help facilitate that, not your wedding planner. And so I think having a travel agent makes it easier. Can you do this all yourself? Yes, you can. But you have so many other things that you're planning and so many moving parts with family coming in and friends coming in and where are they staying? Having someone manage all of that for you just like your wedding, makes your day that much better. Well, that's interesting. I actually would love to bring an actual travel agent onto our show and see what they have to say. Because, like, I'm not sold. Well, I really you lost am not. your two friends that were travel agents. <laughs> so, I mean, they're not going to come on. <laughs> well, they got to have a side hustle. If they're they got to have something else going on. Because I feel like a lot of our couples can figure that out themselves. I know when I apply my wedding, I call the hotel, what's the deal with room blocks? And they say, okay, you just have to do this and that. And this is the deposits you have to put in. Nothing special. <laughs> I think you can do it. We'll let our listeners decide on the points on this one. Oh, seriously? I think so, because I think my answer is better than yours. I disagree. I strongly disagree. All right, all right. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Next question from our listener is, should we do a room block? What's the purpose of doing a room block? So what is a room block? Like, how many rooms do you actually have to make a block? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Is it like fives to ten? Like, when do you start getting the discounts? So in, in the most layman's term, right, a room block is a block of rooms at a hotel that you're holding for your guest. Like, how many, though? I mean, how many Normally, do you need? Normally, it's like... about ten. Okay. And it's understanding that there's two types of room blocks. So it's a guarantee where you are guaranteeing the hotel that you will fill those ten rooms no matter what. Right. With that, you're going to get a bigger discount than a complimentary room block where they're going to hold the rooms. If people book it, great. If they don't, no big deal. You're going to get a smaller discount that way. But it's less pressure on you to guarantee those rooms. Okay, so I'm conflicted. I have two things to say, but I'm going to let you lean into this question. Oh. And then we'll you see what happens. never do that. Let's okay. see what happens. Let's see what happens. So, okay, I personally am not a fan of Roblox. Oh, interesting. And the reason for that, and this is what I tell my couples is, and, and again, I think it's very destination driven where we are in Hawaii, we live on Oahu and we have Waikiki, which is where most of the guests stay. In Waikiki, you have every major hotel brand. So Hilton's, Hyatt's, the Marriott's. With that, a lot of people nowadays have traveled for work or they have they have loyalty points. So they will tend to stay where they get their points. So if you're getting a room block of 10 at a certain hotel, people may not choose to stay there because Waikiki is a one-mile strip. It's very easy for them to just walk over to wherever you need to be to meet people. It's not like a an all-inclusive resort in Mexico where there's really nothing else around and you have to stay there on property the whole time. For me, with room blocks, there's not really a benefit for you personally. I think it causes more stress for my couples 
waiting for people to book those 10 rooms. So the liability is off of them to have to guarantee those. Because if they don't book those rooms, then there's what? They still have to pay for them. So you're guaranteeing those rooms if you have a guaranteed room I block. see. I see. So I, I get it. So you're like a hotel point, you know, like enthusiast, right? If you yeah. have hotel points. I, I get that. That's cool. I mean, so you, sure. sure. You're agreeing with me. No, I have, I have lots to say about this. Oh, you do? I like, and I, I get that there's a pressure. Sure. What, whatever. Whatever, Tessa. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have all this money to just spend on hotels? <laughs> but I love it when everybody is in the same place and you don't have to deal with all of like the chaos of coordinating people from 20 different hotels. So let's say, for example, the ceremony is offsite. It's not at the hotel. And you have everyone at 20 different hotels for a bus shuttle pickup. That's a nightmare. If everybody's at the same hotel, one pickup, boom, you're there. And then also, everybody is in that same place together. They're here for your wedding. And take Waikiki off the table. A lot of hotels might be in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, you, you just want to have everybody together. And, that's, and I think that's, that's where I'm going to come with this answer. Do the room blocks. <laughs> we'll let our listeners choose who's right on this side. <laughs> well, I have. I mean, I, 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 could go, I could go either way on this one. I, I see what you're saying. Do you? Yeah, I can see oh, what you're saying. Oh, my God. What? I'm not disagreeing. I'm about saving money for my couples and saving them from additional stress. Yeah, I got you on that. Yay. Okay. All right, next question. Okay. So the next question is kind of funny. It's basically from one of our listeners, and she was saying, when you're choosing your wedding party, how do you choose? Like, how do you choose your maid of honor? Yeah, so basically okay. her thought is, she's like, do you pick your best friend or sister, for example, you know, or do you pick someone that's very organized. So oh, for wow. her, she's saying she wants a maid of honor who is very organized, but her best friend is not that person. Uh-huh. Okay. So she's kind of worried. She's like, who do I pick? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to let you go for this one first. This is very awkward. <laughs> such, such a great question. And I have a perfect answer. Here's the deal. All right. This is coming from experience from my own wedding. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> so sorry, sister-in-law. <laughs> So my my wife chose her sister to be her maid of honor. Okay. And she was like not the best maid of honor ever. Like she was horrible at it. Two days before the wedding, she decided that she hated all of the bridesmaids dresses and that that they had to find something else to wear. This is two days before the wedding. Wait, who did? Your wife or No, sister-in-law. Yeah, Yeah, my my wife's (laughs) sister is like, I hate these. These are gross. We're not wearing these. And so she's like... We're going to go find some new bridesmaid dresses. And like, first off, that's just so annoying to have to deal with two days before the wedding. Anyway, so they go out, they shop, they get four new bridesmaids dresses for the bridesmaids. And it was just like, it was chaos that was unnecessary. She, was, she wasn't really helping. <laughs> she was creating more problems. And I think for me, the role of a bridesmaid and a maid of honor, matron of honor, is really to be supportive. Like, they're supposed to be your ride or die person that's helping you throughout like what can be a really stressful day. And if they're like derailing all of your plans on the day of the wedding or the day before the wedding or two days before the wedding, you know, like I, I would go for the person who can be that supportive person versus, you know, just like having your sister or your best, your truly your best friend, even though you know, they're going to be a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's an awkward one. (laughs) So, Okay. So here's the thing, right? With wedding parties, it's so personal. Like, it's easy to say, yes, just choose the most organized person. It's going to make your life easier. But I have seen 
so much drama when you don't pick your best friend or you are arguing be- between best friends. If you have multiple best friends and you're trying to choose the right person, it can get awkward, you know? So for me, I have, you know, a, a handful of really good friends and I didn't know what to do or how to choose. So I did pick my sister because mm-hmm. I have one sister. It was very easy. There's no drama. And I actually just had her. So I didn't have anyone else but her. So I think it, it, it eliminated a lot of the drama because my sister, everything fell to her. She had to handle everything, which was, again, a good and bad thing, right? I'm not, it, was, it was tough, but at least all of the roles fell to her and she knew that that was her job. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Tessa, what is the best thing you can have on a hot summer wedding day? Gosh, Joe, honestly, there is nothing better than fine time shave ice. I love fine time shave ice. So good. Honestly, it's the soft ice, the variety of syrups and flavors, and their toppings. Their toppings are incredible from ice cream to mochi balls to condensed milk. It is amazing. Stop. I'm getting so hungry. I know. Well, if you want some, check it out. Fine time shave ice. And check out their company and all their delicious flavors on our show notes. Do it now. This is such a complicated question because I also have seen this where um, I had a friend who chose like this, she had like six or eight bridesmaids. And one of those bridesmaids was, again, just kind of like causing more drama and causing more problems. And she kicked her out of the wedding party on the wedding day because she was just so done with it. They no longer talk to each other. They're completely done because she was like, you're not helping me. You're not supporting me. And she was really stressed by her wedding. They're done. You know, imagine that, like that would really suck. So I've seen that happen too. So I, I, you know, it is one of those things where this is a very personal decision. This is tricky. Like for me personally, I went with loyalty, knowing that my sister was going to be the only pick I could do. (laughs) The only easy pick. But yeah, trying to pick someone other than your best friend or your sister, I think can open up a world of drama that you may not want. Yeah, save the drama for your mama's wedding. You know what I'm saying? Are you agreeing with me? (laughs) We're on the same page. Wait, no, I just... I think we are. Next. Dang it. Okay. Okay. I get the points though, right? No, 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 no. Still me. Okay. This next one is a little controversial and I'm not really sure how I feel about this question, but it is a listener question. So let's just ask it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So her question was, do you spend this much money on one night of your entire life or put it towards something important like a house? Ooh, so, okay, so it's about a budget. So if you're yeah. going to do do elope and keep all that money. Yes. Right? Or do you blow it on a big wedding? Party. A big wedding and party. Right, 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 right. So what do you think? Okay. That's a really interesting question. I don't think I've actually known anyone of my friends to have actually done that. I see why it's tempting, though, right? I see why it's tempting to say, you know, why don't we take all this money and put it towards a house, which is something that allows us to get ahead as a couple instead of going to all this debt, you know, for a wedding. Personally, though, I think weddings are so important for a couple. It's bringing family together. It's the first step of their married life together. I think if you skip it, you kind of miss out, right? I get that it's a lot of money. I think that's why we always want to say, figure out a budget that works for you. And just stick with it, right? You don't have to spend $3 million on a wedding. You know what I mean? (laughs) But you can. You can. But, you know, again, it's like, what is a budget that you can live with and you can still have your house, right? You know what I mean? I think you don't want to start your married life going into debt. 
you also don't want to start your married life just being bored in a house in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. Without awesome wedding photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of wish that I answered first because I feel like I would have said the same thing as you. Sounds but like you're giving no, me points. But listen, playing the devil's advocate, I do want to say that when I was getting married, I wanted to elope. Okay. And that was my plan. And I remember my sister talked to me and she's like, that's really dumb. You can't <laughs> elope. Grandpa's going to freak out. Right. You have to get married here. And so I, I understand, you know, I think the question is about where you spend your money. Is it worth one night? Is it worth, you know, spending your money on a house? For me, I look at this question a little differently in terms of it is nice to elope because it's just the two of you. You do what you want. You do, you know, whatever. But having that party, having that celebration, it's honoring your family and friends. You know, it's interesting. We do like occasionally photograph like vow renewals and things like that. And it's usually these couples who skipped out on the big wedding that want to like have these vow renewals and they make these big celebrations and big parties, but it's really because they didn't have that and they regret that. So I do see, I do see a lot of regret when you, you just move into just eloping and moving on. Right. So this next question I think can be a little controversial and I think it's something that we want to expand on in a later episode. But for now, I want to touch on this question. And it is, how do we navigate the outside voices, the comments from our family? How do we keep the peace versus doing what we want for our wedding day? So you're saying like, if your mother or mother-in-law is saying, you must do this, you have to do this, yeah. and you're like, you don't really want to do it. Exactly. Like, what, what's an example of that? Well, okay, so a lot of times, if family is helping contribute money, if they're paying, they have an expectation. I'm paying for the photographer, so I get to choose them. Or because I'm paying for the food, I want to invite 100 more people. So it's going way outside of the scope of what our couple actually envisioned for their wedding. Mm, I see, okay. So how do you navigate that? You go first. This is a hard uh, question. <laughs> no kidding. You go first. No kidding. You know those Bose noise-canceling headphone things? Yeah. That that's, that's my answer. That's a good answer. You go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like your answer. I'll give you the 10 points. <laughs> you know, oh man, this is a good one. I, I think, you know, sometimes it's good to just try to figure out setting some boundaries and having that kind of open, honest conversation. Like, here's, here's our vision for our wedding. We know that this might not be yours, but this is our wedding and we are so grateful for your contribution. Here's what we want. You know, and I think that's okay to, to have that conversation. I know it's probably really challenging to do. And if you start getting to, into like all the crazy drama, put those headphones on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got them. As a wedding planner, I get this a lot, right? I think people see, right, as a wedding planner, you're not just planning a wedding. You become their therapist. You become <laughs> their shoulder to cry on. And I get this a lot where... I had a couple where the mother of the bride was contributing a lot of money and they were originally looking at an outdoor venue and she forced them into a hotel instead. Interesting. And it's one of those things where, right, again, how do you navigate this? And I think, you know, like you mentioned, having an honest conversation up front is great, but it's also understanding that there are certain things that if you want that contribution, you may have to compromise. You may not get what you want. So you may have to suck it up. <laughs> Unfortunately, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that, that's fact, right? If 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 there's if there's money on the line, there there is. Yeah, I don't know. That's tricky. That's well, really tricky. For me, it's similar to the wedding party question, right? It's sometimes you're just gonna have to roll to avoid conflict, which I know is not always the best answer. But right. when it comes to family, 
when it comes to close friends, sometimes is it worth the fight? And I right. guess that's my question. Right. Okay, here's our last question. We're having a destination wedding. Do we need to send save the dates? And if so, how far in advance should we send them? You go first, Joe. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you have your venue booked, start planning. Like start. five years in advance? If you have your venue booked five years in advance, you should be letting everyone know. And nobody books five years in advance. That's <laughs> I'm <not>. saying if. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you have that date booked, locked in, you should let all of your family and friends know. Because if it's a destination wedding, they're going to have to take time off. They're going to have to figure out childcare. They're going to have to figure out transportation and hotels and all these other things. The more time the better. And if your goal is to have as many of the people you invite to your wedding show up, that's what I would say. As soon as you're locked in on your wedding date with the venue. So here's my counterpoint. All right. What do you got? <laughs> if you do not want everyone to come, right? Because when you're doing a destination wedding, a lot of times your hope is that it's a lot smaller than your hometown wedding. Sure. If you're giving someone two years notice to plan, they may actually plan and show up, which you may not want. Okay, that's that's really <laughs> cute. But right? I, would, I would say, just as a rule of thumb, invite the people you want to be at your wedding. And if you don't want them to come okay, to your wedding, listen, does it matter how not... much time you're going to give them? They'll figure out how to be there. That's not how life works. I'm going to disagree. And the reason is, a lot of times you are obligated to invite family that you do not necessarily want at your wedding you want a small destination wedding but your parents your fiance's parents might be asking you to invite their friends your extended family that you've never met and this happens more often than you would expect you don't want to send save the dates to them and have them save the date you don't want them to come okay all right all right here's what this is okay this is so manipulative of you (laughs) but this is what i think you're saying (laughs) Send the save the dates to the people who you really want to be at the wedding and then maybe wait like a few years <laughs> to invite the people that you don't want. Make sure they get an invitation. You just send really want their gifts. Send an invitation to them. Don't send the save the date to the people that you don't really want to uh, come. So my thought with save the dates is tricky is only send them to the people that you truly want to come. This is such shady advice. <laughs> <laughs> I agree and I like it. <laughs> So that's that. <laughs> you, you you agree with me for once. I think we both got a lot of points, Tessa. But <laughs> I think you win the show by being so manipulative in that last answer. <laughs> Hands down, you win. Yay! <laughs> you had no idea how I, manipulative I could be. I, I mean, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> you are the winner. Yes. Here is your crown. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> And with that, season two is done. Yay, we did it. I love that we're ending on Tessa being the winner. We are all winners, guys. We're all (laughs) winners here. Thank you for listening. You are actually our champions. Tessa and I, we really enjoy doing the show. We feel like we're winning. We're getting so much great feedback from the show. We're getting all these downloads now. We feel like we're hitting our stride. We are so happy you guys are listening. So thank you guys for, for supporting our show. Thank you for sharing our show with all your friends and family. We're having so much fun and we can't wait to connect with you guys in season three real soon. Season three, here we come. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Unveiling Paradise. If you enjoy our show, please follow us and rate us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. It would really mean a lot. And don't forget to also get on our mailing list and follow us on Instagram. Just do it already. Until next time, this is Tessa. And this is Joe. And don't forget, your happily ever after is just a plane ride away.